the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The news never stops. Life goes on around town and around the world. You need a talk show that keeps track of it. A program with bold opinions that's always open to your views. That is this show. Welcome to the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right, everybody. Hour number two. Come on in on this leap day. Thursday, Feb 29. Are we... Are we bitter? It's an extra day in the year. I, I'm i not getting paid for it. <laughs> Neither are you. It's like they're getting an extra day of toil out of us. And I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know. My remuneration remains the same. Nah, not the way to look at it. We're upright. We're taking nourishment. We're breathing. We're walking. We're in America. We're in Texas. Be grateful. Let me share something I'm grateful for as we hop into one of our first topical bursts of the eight o'clock hour. And that is the poor put upon Athens, Georgia mayor who attempted to deflect proper attention to why this wonderful young woman, Lake and Riley, is dead. She's dead because a guy killed her who shouldn't have even been in the country. And uh, and, and all the stories are, oh, the conservatives are seizing on this. We're pouncing on this. Um, yes. Yes, we are. We will pounce. We will seize every opportunity to make clear the death toll of Joe Biden's open border. So yesterday, the sanctuary uh, leaning uh, Democrat mayor of Athens, Georgia, a gentleman named Kelly Gertz, he is having a statement about this. Yesterday was a weird day for liberal leaders trying to talk about crime. Joe Biden attempted to string words together in in the White House with one of those total uh, photo op uh, horseshoe tables of people designed to be there ostensibly talking about something, but they're all just there as a photo op and uh, big screens at the front of the room that said safer America, safer America. Does America seem safer to you? Does it seem like we've got the crime thing under control? Does it seem like we got a handle on this in big cities like New York and Washington and Chicago and Los Angeles and little college towns like Athens, Georgia, that's a no. So when leftist presidents or mayors try to cover for this, they're going to get called on it. Now, nobody uh, shouted down the president (laughs) yesterday, uh, but the mayor of Athens got an earful from a citizen who would had it about up to his eyeballs with having the mayor blame everything but the policies that helped kill Lakin Riley. So you'll hear that like a minute. In that minute, I want to do something because it's going to, you know, you got to dive into that. It's just one of the long list of things that's really screwed up in America. So can we smile for a minute? 
can we smile in appreciation of a life? As you know, I I may not know, I I think stand-up comedy is one of the purest art forms because there's no cinematographer, there's no director, there's no set designer. It's just you. It's just you. Um, Maybe a singer singing his own or her own songs. That's all you. Nobody else did. If it succeeds, it's you. If it fails, it's you. And honestly, the song, though, is something you write ahead of time. And if you, you know, execute it perfectly, then you've done that. And it's work you did before and you execute it perfectly. Stand-ups on the fly, man. So much of it is on the fly, which is why in, in my whole, you know, lifetime, you know, some of the formative experiences of my youth and the, 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 the sense of humor came from the George Carlin albums, the, the Bill Cosby albums, when we could talk about him, the, the Richard Pryor albums. And, um, I don't know the, these days, you know, the, the, the work of people like Nate Bargatze, who we'll, we'll get to see in San Antonio next month. Can't wait for that. Uh, the work over the years of Pat Oswalt. I, I'm just a huge appreciator of that art form. Richard Lewis died yesterday at the age of 76. Uh, one of the great stand-ups, uh, a contemporary of uh, sort of the Seinfeld, Billy Crystal. Uh, and and I'll just, I, one of his stand-up specials, I had it on a an old decaying VHS tape forever, probably from about 1988. And the Richard Lewis stand-up, he's almost always just rocking back and forth. He's constantly tormented. Nothing ever goes right for him. And there was a stretch where he said, I'm, I'm, I'm dating a girl, which is in and of itself a miracle, because look at me, I'm no prize. But she was a lovely woman. She was an actress, and she was, uh, she was, uh, she was, uh, she was mentally disturbed. I'll, I'll just, I'll just put it out there. She was an only child and still had sibling rivalry. I mean, in in her backyard there was a mood swing. I mean, this is the kind of woman I'm talking about, and it was just so, so good. And and he was an actor of consequence. And some of uh, the the memorable work he did in his last chapter was on the remarkable HBO show Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David, who, by the way, speaking of Seinfeld, is sort of the comic brain who, in conjunction with Seinfeld, created Seinfeld. And it's a kind of a dark, sardonic observational, not dark, but a kind of a an edgy observational comedy. And Richard Lewis, and the funny thing about Curb is it's these folks largely playing themselves, slightly fictionalized versions of themselves. So Richard Lewis, in Curb Your Enthusiasm, is Richard Lewis. So when Richard Lewis is out on the golf course with Larry David, they're playing themselves largely out on the golf course. And this, just I'm going to give you 60 seconds of an episode, one of the last episodes that they filmed of of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and one of the last ones uh, to air, and it was just over a week ago. And it's Richard Lewis. And Larry David, and and the the great thing about Larry David's character is that enormous, vast, joyful things just often don't resonate with him, and yet the tiniest little thing that brings joy to his tortured life is something that will delight him for days on end. And in this particular, in this particular case, Larry David had found some magic, even in his sixties in his golf swing, and he was thrilled. 
Richard Lewis was thrilled for him and with him by osmosis and happened to let on something that he thought would bring Larry even more joy. Fantastic. Can I tell you something? Sure. I think this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. I don't even know who I'm looking at right now. How is something good happening to me? No one on the planet would believe that you're happy. How is this possible? Well, I have better news for you. I'm leaving you in my will. I'm tweaking it, and you're in it. No, no, no. Don't, don't do that. It's done. You're in. I don't want to be in I got. I have money. I don't need it. Give it to someone who needs it. When I die, I want you to know how much I care about you. No, I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it to charity. You're my best friend. You're getting it. No. I'm making a Sherman-esque statement about the will right now. I'm sick of your historical references. If not. Nominated, I will not run. If bequeathed, I will not accept. Well, I'm bequeathing. Well, I'm not accepting. Well, you'll have to accept. Don't give it to me. Don't hurt my feelings. I'm not going to keep a penny of it. You're hurting me. Thank you, but I don't want it. I'm giving it to you anyway, pal. Oh, my God. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, gee, so anyway. Uh, yeah, sorry. Came out too early. The, the, the thing about Larry David, the thing about Richard Lewis, is that a lot of this, a lot of this was unrehearsed. They set up things and they would say, look, you're going to have this conflict over this. You're going to have this particular moment of dialogue. Some of it's written and some of it is not. And just the incredible joy. And some of the stuff I was able to post yesterday involved them in scenes of laughter that were clearly unscreened, unplanned things where they literally made each other laugh. Richard Lewis made all kinds of people laugh. And that is no small thing. Well, it was no small thing when a gentleman named James Lee decided he'd had about enough of uh, the press conference by Athens Mayor Kelly Gertz. We'll hear that next. 826, Little Doobie Brothers, Eyes of Silver. Should have done some REM or some B-52s or something. Uh, speak to the uh, musical culture of Athens, Georgia. Because it was Athens, Georgia, where this happened. Oh, my. So you have a sanctuary-style mayor in a college town. And and it was on, it was within uh, the... the uh, the confines of his jurisdiction that uh, that the Lake and Riley murder occurred. You know her. Maybe you only know her because of the degree to which conservative media have shed proper light on why she's dead. She's dead because somebody killed her who shouldn't have even been in the country. A Venezuelan illegal immigrant who was through through not just Georgia authorities, New York authorities. Uh, this bad hombre, as the saying goes, had been guilty of a variety of things and was just, uh, let's just well, let him go. The briefest of processing, the briefest of wrist slaps, and then we just, we just, we let him go. And it's funny because if you have a weak border that lets people in, that's bad enough. But when you have people who are let in and who then do terrible things, signaling, giving off every red flag of unworthiness and unfitness to walk the streets of America, and we just let them out again, that is part of our immigration problem as well. So you have this wonderful woman who has been killed, Mayor Kelly Gertz, has some theories on why that is, and for one particular citizen, it wasn't flying. Humanity is the expectation of human dignity. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country, where you had 
President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing Man, here we in places go. like Charlottesville. This is an <laughs> when I was younger, so when we I have... was a criminal. And you know what I thought about doing? Crossing the border to Mexico to get away from my crimes. Son, I'm going to ask you to leave. Jesus Christ. He saved me, and I no longer live that lawless life. Now, there's a gentleman named James Lee, and he's not done. You do! Son, I'm going to ask you, you to leave. You are lawless, Mr. Mayor. I'd be glad to schedule some time with you if you'd like some individual time. Yeah, I'd like to spend some time with you. Let's do that, but I, I need to continue. I Sorry. I'm with so are, are you going to assume the, the resolution is that still in place? Is that, is, does that give the impression that this is a sanctuary city? What, no, you can't call it that under Georgia law? What we wish to do is dignify everybody's humanity. We wish to dignify everybody's humanity. What kind of psychobabble is that? There's nothing in that no, resolution no. that creates... You, you took an oath to uphold the law, not your feelings or nor your opinion. Chief, I no, sir. You're talking BS to us right now. I, I need to answer one question at a time. Right here, sir. Alex I, I'm going to continue my answer for a moment ago, and then I'll get it. You called me a white supremacist in your resolution. Well, that was not no, nice to me. What, enough what we, we wish to do. This is America still. What we wish to do okay. All right. is to understand is to understand that those families that are here came here under less than ideal circumstances. What not now by weaving, desire by for, weaving the plight of those who are coming here for a better life. Okay, we we get that, but it doesn't mean you get to come into the country illegally. But that's that's not the point right now, Mr. Mayor. The point right now is a woman is dead because we're not doing a good enough job of 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 keeping track of who comes into the country and what they do when they're here. Federal better federal legislation that would standardize the immigration process. We've not not been living in that environment. Mentioned I was a career educator. Oh well. I've worked with a lot of students and their families in this community. And the practical reality is that those families tend to be blended amongst a variety of immigration statuses. We want to create a stable environment for people in our communities. And when that community is disrupted by hate or vitriol, that's not a safe environment for their school children and their families to live in. Cool. The, the, what what a deflection! What a, a, a vitriol and a safe environment for for immigrants. Listen, anybody who, who anybody who is in this country legally deserves a safe environment. I mean, we all we have no. Again, that's that's all fine, and it's it's well, it's the the textbook straw man argument. The mayor is arguing something against an opponent who is not. It's the straw man who, who's not standing there. Somebody who is not in fact there. And what the debate is, is over people who are, shouldn't be in this country, killing people, and the light that is thus shown on our immigration problem, on our porous borders, and our failure to do anything, anything proper, anything sufficient about those who commit crimes once they get into this country. This is a huge problem for mayors in Athens, Georgia, like Kelly Gertz, mayors in New York, like Eric Adams. Mayors in other big blue cities, sanctuary cities, where they're seeing what sanctuary actually means and actually does, and it's an enormous problem 
for Joe Biden, who for some reason thinks it's a good idea to come to the border today. More on that in a moment. Mark Davis, 831. Nikki Whaley is in the newsroom. Forty years ago this week, the Go-Go's released an album, sort of the last one anybody bought. It was called Talk Show. Yeah, look at there. One hit. There's Belinda and the gals doing a little head over heels. Like the whole world's out of sync. Indeed, indeed. All right, 866-660-5759. So we just played uh, James Lee of Athens, Georgia, quite deliciously disrupting the uh, the news conference of Mayor Kelly Gertz of Athens. And uh, so uh, when this was happening, I thought, on what Fox show will this guy appear tonight? <laughs> and the answer wound up being Jesse Waters. What is wrong with your mayor? Wait for it. Wait for it. This mayor is a left-wing nut job into wokeism. This mayor has violated his oath of office. He is supposed to protect Athenians, citizens of Athens, not protect illegal criminal aliens. And by the way, they're not illegal immigrants. Immigrants are people who come here legally. These are criminal, illegal aliens. James, when you let him have it, what was the room like? Because it looked like people were supporting you, even law. It was funny. I, the other thing that I wondered in, 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 in running through that tape is how did this last more than you know, 15, 20 seconds, generally speaking? And yeah, let, let's take away whether we agree or disagree with the disruptor. Uh, usually security descends on such things, but that tends to be maybe bigger cities, tends to be maybe, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess nobody nobody really necessarily saw this coming, but obviously the citizenry were allowed to be in this room. This wasn't just some press availability and how'd that guy get in here? Because you remember, there's one lady you can hear alongside him saying, you called me a white supremacist. And it's like, whoa, okay. Enforcement. I was surprised. Uh, I was ready to be dragged away because I was going to say what I was going to say. I was mad and upset over this senseless murder. And to my surprise, there were a lot of supporters. I didn't know them at all. We met for the first time, and, and they spoke up with me. And the the reporters were pretty... Uh, pretty not abrasive against me. Yes, because they were in shock. So, yeah, I, I picked up on that, too. Usually you get dragged kicking and screaming like that. But not by, you know, somebody with a camera crew. Usually there's, like, you know, in-house security. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I got to say, the next uh, the next news conference held by Athens, Georgia, Mayor Kelly Gertz might have a couple of deputies alongside. It looked like they yes. were willing to let you have your say. So you're a father. You have four daughters, one son. You just have a young girl yep. murdered in cold blood by a criminal alien who never should have been in this country, bailed out time and time again by Two sanctuary miles cities. away. Two miles away. How do you feel as a dad? I, I, I was outraged. First of all, I can't imagine what this father's going through, losing his young daughter who had her whole life ahead of her. If that was my daughter, I think I would have done a little bit more today in that meeting. <laughs> I can tell that. Knowing James as we now do, I uh, may have. 
Oh, my goodness. Uh, right after this, uh, Ted Cruz was on. I'll play that in a second. Let's do some calls. 866-660-5759. We are in Rockwell. Dennis, Mark Davis, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Mark, and I'm a long-time forever listener. And I Thank think you. you have, I think you have some unique talents, and this is the issue. Ron and I talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. The issues of the day, of course, talking about the murder in Athens, that's a big one. But this would be an example of it. On CNN, when they first talked about it, they, they talked about the girl and how great it was. Then they said, we don't know anything about the suspect except he's not, he's foreign-born. That's what that is. Foreign <laughs> he's foreign. Sebastian Gorka's well, foreign-born. <laughs> that's right. But anyway, Mark, let me tell you what I, what I think is miss, missing yep. in our whole conversation is clarity on this issue. I'm not saying you can convince somebody that you're right and they're wrong, but if you Put, if I would put, that's why I told you one thing, get Nancy Pelosi on your show. You could at least nail down the issue in the sense of what you believe and why you believe it in yeah. a clear sense, and I can too. And then people can can choose. And Ron and I talked about it a little bit. She said, I don't know what you can do about it. For example, you turn on CNN, that's like watching Venus, and you turn on Fox, it's like watching Mars. There is no clearness on the issue. So if somebody just came here from somewhere and they turned on CNN, they'd say, oh, I understand the border issue. Right. Biden has been dying since he got in office to, to clear, to yeah. control the border. And Trump stopped him. Of that's course. That's what's going on. And, and, that's, and that's why so-called news networks have become propaganda networks. Now, listen, on the opinion shows, I mean, on, on a, a center in Jesse Waters' world and Hannity world and Laura Ingram world, you're going to get a conservative take on things in the news. Over on MSNBC, on their evening shows, you're going to get a liberal take on things in the news. During the day when these folks tend to offer up news shows or something like Special Report with Brett Baer, which is a news show, over on MSNBC, over on CNN, over at the big uh, legacy networks like NBC, you can find reporters, reporters saying things that are clearly cut from left-wing index cards uh, designed to soft-pedal the risks of illegal immigration on all kinds of issues. You know, you'll hear a reporter say that Trump falsely says he was denied a victory in 20... False? Like it's been proven? So it's... Um, it is a marketplace thing, and, and and these networks have a free speech right to exist, but the, the I hope not gone forever is the notion of being able to consume news in a country where there is a, a, a generation of reporters doing what reporters are supposed to do. Tell you what this side says, tell you what that side says, and leave it to you to, to figure it out. Journalism schools. I went to a journalism school, University of Maryland. My degree is in journalism from the University of Maryland, 1979. And in a liberal state, and when Carter is president, they weren't indoctrinating me. They were telling me about the sacred, precious responsibility of journalists to be objective, of journalists to share both sides. Now, opinion columnists, talk show hosts, opinion show hosts can do whatever they want. That's understood. That's part of the, uh, and, and I believe that's part of journalism too. But reporters, we've lost the notion of reporters uh, showing you both sides. Anyway. What else, okay, Dennis? Mark, yes, Mark, sir. Yeah, this is what. Okay, here's my solution. Yeah. At the border today, Biden and Trump should be in the same place, and they should each be given five minutes to state their position, that people can see what each side is at the same time. Wouldn't that be delicious? And, then, and make their decision. But Mark, that's what's missing in our 
in our country. Well, and, and you know what? And it's funny. Now, Joe Biden's not Trump would do that in a heartbeat every hour on the hour. Biden won't do it. Biden wouldn't do it if he were coherent. Biden wouldn't do it if he were 30 years younger because he just doesn't have facts on his side. Dennis, thank you. Appreciate it very, very much. Um, who's talking about that? I've, I've, I've On a number of uh, moments of coverage over the last few days, and I don't know what people are thinking, whether it's on borders, whether it's on the economy, whether it's on uh, you know crime. Uh, I've heard people say, well, this will be a, something that will be particularly sticky or particularly intriguing. You know, for Biden on a debate stage, who in the world thinks Joe Biden is going to be on a debate stage? Joe Biden passed up a softball Super Bowl interview that could have been seen by could have been seen by 125 million people because the White House knew he couldn't get through it. So you think they're going to let him on a debate stage with Donald Trump? Uh, you know, a couple of times in September and October. Woo. All right. So um, Mitch McConnell. Is stepping down, and it's funny. He said, "Well, I'll be uh, stepping down in November." November? How about now? Let's do this now. Of course, maybe we'll have. I, I mean, if we get into a new Senate sworn in, maybe it, it, it'll have a Senate uh, majority of Republicans, and the person will be Mitch McConnell's successor. Will actually be the Republican majority leader. Um, the wrong Texas senator is uh, in line for this, apparently. Uh, there is talk of the three Johns, John Cornyn, ugh, John Barrasso of Wyoming, John Thune of South Dakota. Of these three, I think Thune is probably the most conservative, but that's faint praise. Why couldn't Ted Cruz be in like, he's been there a while as majority leader? Well, because it's a vote. Of Senate, of Senate Republicans, uh, Ted not liked among the softer, less combative cloth of some of his colleagues. Uh, he was on with uh, Jesse last night after after Mr. Lee. What are we going to do here? Biden is just out to lunch. Well, look, this is a pattern we're seeing all across the country now. We're seeing violent crimes, horrific crimes that are committed by illegal aliens that Joe Biden released. And whether it is Lake and Riley or, or, or whether it is Jeremy Caceres, Jeremy Caceres is a two-year-old boy who was murdered in Prince George's County, just outside Washington, D.C., again, by another illegal alien that Biden released. Or, or we've seen in, in, in recent days a 14-year-old girl in Boston raped by an illegal alien Biden released. We, we saw a child under 14 raped by an illegal alien in Louisiana that Biden released. And there is a pattern on this. And, and what's infuriating, Jesse, is, is that we had opportunity after opportunity to stop this. If you look at the murderer who killed Lake and Riley, he was apprehended. He was apprehended in El Paso. We had him. Here's what should have happened. They should have put him on a plane and flown him back to Venezuela. But that didn't happen. Joe Biden released him. It used to be said, you know, where are we going to get the money to, uh, you know, we find uh, a, a dangerous illegal at the border, any illegal at the border, and we give them transportation back to the country where they came from. Where are we going to get the money for that? Fair question. You should always ask where are we going to get the money for anything you want to do. But how about we use some of the money that we're giving them 
uh, on on debit cards that were handing them in facilities in America's large sanctuary cities. How about if we don't spend the money on that, but instead spend it on plane fare? He released him, refused to follow the law, let him go. And then the murderer went from El Paso to New York City. And we had a second opportunity to stop this horrific crime because that murderer was arrested in New York City for endangering the safety of a child. And what happened? New York City is another sanctuary city. They let him go. They let him go. They didn't put him in jail. They didn't notify ICE. And if New York City had locked him up and put him in jail, Lake and Riley would be alive. If Joe Biden had not let this murderer go, Lake and Riley would be alive. Precisely right. Precisely, precisely right. All right. Speaking of crime and speaking of Texas, we had an execution in Texas. We just don't do this as much as we used to. Uh, the thing about death row in Texas, you used to be able to see the line move. We were executing with such uh, efficiency. Is the bloom coming off the death penalty rose in terms of public opinion? Ivan Cantu brutally murdered a couple of people 20-some years ago and finally got exactly what he deserved. There were last-minute um, attempts to delay and to uh, get a pardon from Governor Abbott. A lot of these a lot of these uh, requests for pardon came from, like, Hollywood heads, like they know anything about the case. They're just anti-death penalty. If you're anti-death penalty, of course you didn't think Mr. Cantu should have been executed. But he was... Let's take a look at that and what some folks were saying about it next, 851. I don't crank out a lot of Olivia Rodrigo. Talented young lady. Just driver's license. Was she like 18 when she recorded this? Young lady's 21 now. Birthday? No chart history? No. She will play to a sold-out American Airlines Center tomorrow night. Is this a great country or what? And she, by the way, she's enormously talented, so good for her. Little Olivia Rodrigo to close out the, uh, the, the 8 o'clock hour. We closed out the life of Ivan Cantu in Huntsville last night. Let me uh, set this up for you in the following way. Give you some of the details, because every once in a while I just ask, is the death penalty losing its grip in public opinion? Are we concerned that maybe we're executing some folks who didn't do it? Ivan Cantu says, I didn't do it. Sure he does. There were some jurors who said, after the fa- now, years after the fact, said, we're not so sure he did it anymore. Does that give you pause? It does me, but it gives me the pause to, to examine it and see if maybe, just maybe, you know, that a lot of this is smoke and that there can be people who, for whom there is a sufficient conclusion of guilt, even amid some doubt. I've had something knocking around in my head that as a huge death penalty supporter, which I remain, that maybe we reserve it for the people for whom there is no shadow of a doubt and not just beyond reasonable doubt. Because, uh, you know, once you're executed, you're done. Ivan Cantu was executed last night. What were those issues, and how are we all feeling about this whole death penalty thing in 2024? Let's examine that and some other things in our 9 o'clock hour, which is next. Mark Davis, 858. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.